0: May I be the first to congratulate uh, Barney and Katie on their marriage. It's been a privilege and an honor for Kerry and myself to have walked their journey over the last couple of years. The distance that Barney and Katie have traveled, the journey they've made, their readiness today to give themselves wholeheartedly to one another is an example to all of us. It's a testimony to their hard work and commitment to leaving the, the past, the pains, the, the hardships of difficult moments behind, facing up to the reality of them, receiving God's forgiveness and healing and being ready to start in a brand new way. So with a huge sense of gratitude to God, we're very proud of you both and we're praying God's blessing on this new beginning. We believe the Bible is true and we believe that the Bible is God's communication to us. We believe that God is good and has our very best at heart. So when God placed a book about courtship, marriage and physical intimacy, right in the middle of the Bible, we believe that any marriage, any relationship would do well to learn from what it says. For just a few moments, I'd like to offer a few of the headlines of this book called Song of Songs, which sits almost in the middle of the Bible. It helps us uh, prepare, plan, be ready for, and then live through the best of relationships that God has for us. It describes the intensity of their passion for one another. It describes their decision to wait until their marriage before they expressed that physically. It tells in rich detail the way they shared their marriage life. It tells of how they fell out with one another and needed to fight for each other in their relationship. And the book ends with their marriage, contrary to many, alive, passionate, fulfilling, complete as the years roll on. So whether you are currently single or married, it's the story of the kind of marriage we probably all want. This is about a marriage that wins. So here we go. What can we learn? The first thing that happens in their relationship is that a a, a chemistry develops. You will notice in ordinary life a a chemistry building between two people. There is a, a click, an attractiveness between one another. The first indication of a chemistry between two people is usually when someone changes their habits. And for this young girl, when she started to fall in love with this young man, she began to change her habits. She said to the girls that she would normally hang about with, I don't want to be with you today, I want to be with him. And the girl said, well, go on, you be with him. This is where you can find him. You'll find him uh, with the shepherds. Go there and be with him. Two people hanging about together. And people look and say, hmm, there's something going on. I remember when Katie met Barney and that chemistry began to take shape. Habits suddenly changed. For Katie, it was an unexpected, unexplained surge in Facebook activity. And if you know anything about it, Uh, katie's facebook account you'll know that that was very unusual something was going on and it was here are two people in our story that are clearly attracted to each other they've clicked they're connecting there's a chemistry let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth it was that chemistry that brought them together but this young couple will soon to realize what all of us need to know is that whilst chemistry might bring us together, it needs something more to hold us together. Because those initial things that cause that chemistry, like the way you look, will inevitably fade after a while. Husband and wife are walking around Tesco. This is what you've got to look forward to. Pushing the trolley. He picks up a set of Stella, 12 cans of Stella, and puts it in the basket. The wife says, what on earth are you doing that for? He says, look, it's 12 cans for 10 quid. She says, we can't possibly afford that. Put it back. Dutiful husband puts the cans of Stella back on the shelf. And they carry on, arm in arm, shopping round the aisles until a few aisles later, she picks up a can or a tub of face cream and puts it in the trolley. He says, what on earth is that for? That's 20 pounds, that is. She says, I need that to make me look beautiful. He says, listen, 12 cans of Stella can do that, and it's half the price. (laughs) What brought you together is probably not enough to keep you together. What we need is to fall in love, not with first impressions, not with youthful good looks or chat-up charm. We need to fall in love with a person's character. Developing chemistry needs to give way to a deepening character. The tragedy for me is I see so many relationships that have the chemistry and they think that will be enough and they struggle, sometimes fail, to survive. Deepening character. The real you and the real them. Not the pretense, the image, the facade, that all of us present in our relationships from day to day. No, something much deeper than that to go the distance. The real you and the real them. This couple understood that. They were falling in love with something more. Pleasing, she says to him, is the fragrance of your perfumes. Is this Calvin Klein? No. Another kind, she says, your name is the perfume that's pleasing to me. Your name, who you are, your character is what smells nice to me, is what's drawing me to you. And he says the same to her. How beautiful you are, your eyes, it's your eyes that draw me into your beauty because they are like doves, they're faithful and pure and full of integrity. He's falling in love with her character. Barney, continue to find out those things in your character that Katie loves and work so hard at them. And Katie, find those things in Barney's character that, you, that he loves and work so hard in them. Know the things that you don't appreciate about each other and work with equal determination with them. And of course, enjoy the chemistry. Don't let your looks go to the dogs now that you're married. Enjoy being attracted to each other. Enjoy dressing for each other. But in the end, don't build on chemistry, it's character that we need. To do all that, you need a delight in communication. The real you, engaging, connecting, responding to the real them. Delight in times of communication and connectedness that's real. What's so fantastic about this married couple is that they're connecting verbally all of the time and then so much more. They are always in conversation that is deep and real and refreshing. If somebody wrote down the conversations in your marriage, I don't mean, who's picking up the kids? Have you cleaned the bath? Where's my socks? Not that kind of conversation, but the real conversation, when the real you communicates with the real him or her. If that was written down, could it fill a book like the Song of Songs? Or would it be a chapter or only a verse? How rich is your communication? When was the last time you delighted in a communication that was real and ultimately refreshing? You can always spot married couples in restaurants for two very good reasons. Firstly, they rarely speak to each other, if at all. Secondly, they're yelling at the same kids which is usually easier to spot. But here in this book is a model for a relationship where communication is alive and it grows and it gets deeper and more real and more rewarding as the years go by. Don't settle for a lesser goal in any of your marriages. But it's only possible as you delight in communication. Key aspect of that communication here in this book was their decision to affirm one another verbally, to speak love and praise to the other. Their communication was peppered with words of affirmation and sounds of support and echoes of encouragement. They'd made a decision that they would cheer one another on. It's a tough world out there, isn't it? We often say in our family when we gather ourselves around the table, one wife, four kids, it's hard out there, When you get out there, people will be unkind to you. When you get out there, people will say things that hurt you. When you get out there, people will pull you down. So in here, we will build one another up. In here, we'll encourage one another, appreciate one another. In here, we'll cheer one another on. It's so much easier, isn't it, to criticize than to cheer? So much easier to pull down and build up. So take the advice of an elderly grandmother who revealed the secret of her long and happy marriage. She said, I decided on my wedding day to choose ten of my husband's faults that I would, for the sake of our marriage, overlook. At the end of this long marriage, she was asked what those ten faults were. She said, to tell you the truth, I never did get round to listing them. But whenever my husband did something that made me absolutely hopping mad, I simply said, lucky for him, it's one of the ten. Should you talk about those things that make each of you hopping mad? Absolutely. But decide you won't divide. You'll choose to cheer rather than criticize. All this needs work, doesn't it? It needs a declared commitment. A declared commitment. And you've done that today, and we've witnessed that, and many of us here have made that declaration of commitment to another person. But you need to do it every day every day every day you have the potential to hurt one another every day you will disappoint one another in a little way you might upset one another, it's all too easy declare your commitment every day and there is a a brilliant moment when probably more than any other moment we can declare our commitment to the other and that's when something has happened to divide us and we choose to do something about it meet the couple in our story They've had a great marriage and they've been married for a while, but something has come between them and there's been a bust up. Imagine this, it's hard to imagine, I know. She's hacked off with her husband and she's gone to bed fuming and locked him out. Way out of our experience, I know. Use your imaginations. And there she is in bed, not sleeping, wide awake. She says, I I slept but my heart was awake. I'm restless, I'm tossing and turning. And he eventually comes home, the dinner's in the dog, locked out of his own house and he knocks on the door. And he knows he's in trouble. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my love. Let me in, please. Let's talk about this. Nope. Sarcasm is the next verse. Shall I put my robe back on now that I'm in bed? No, just answer the door as you are. Brilliant. And she doesn't go. Eventually she realizes a mistake and she goes and she opens the door only to discover that her husband has gone. In anger, in frustration, in disappointment, there's this wedge between them. And so it's her turn. She goes looking for him. They go to each other. To go is a huge expression of your commitment one to another. The couples that split up never ever wake up one morning and say, I've had enough of this, I'm out. Almost certainly, months probably years before they were trundling along one day and something happened that divided them it was very small at the time they hardly noticed it but one thing happened that was different neither went to the other and a little brick was placed between them They carried on, they barely noticed the brick for a while, until another little issue came between them, and because they hadn't gone to one another the last time, it was easier not to bother this time, and there was another brick being laid. One day, the wall becomes so big that neither can climb across it. Never leave the brick between you. Always agree with the words that come again and again in this story. I am my lovers and my lover is my... We might have had a bust up. It doesn't matter though what we've argued about. It doesn't matter how much we've hurt each other. I'm yours and you're mine. We're in this together. We've got to work it through. Another way this couple seem to deepen commitment to one another is their attention to detail that if you read the book, you'll see on every page. They notice the finest detail about one another. A woman accompanied her husband to the doctor's. After his check-up, the doctor called his wife into his office alone. Your husband is suffering from a very serious disease combined with horrible stress, which will prove fatal unless he's cared for properly. What you need to do is to fix him a healthy breakfast every morning. Be pleasant to him and make sure he's always in a good mood. For lunch, something rather nutritious. And for dinner, something especially special. Don't burden him with your chores or your stress. That will only make his condition worse. If you can do this for around 10 months, your husband will make a full recovery. Thank you, doctor, she says, and leaves, gets in the car with her husband who's panicked and waiting. What did he say? What did he say? You're going to die says the wife. (laughs) Finally, almost, a determination to catch foxes. They used the metaphor, the illustration of their relationship to be like a vineyard. And because they worked the vineyards, they knew how easy it was for foxes to come in at night, sly, unwelcomed, unwanted, and to destroy the fruit of the vineyard. And they said, we have to in our relationship make sure that we catch the foxes. Barney and Katie, know your foxes. Know those things that will come between you. Be aware of new ones coming. What about your marriage? What are your foxes? Is it time? Is it another person? Is it another family member? A couple drove several miles out into the country after they had a blazing row. And they went through a farmyard of mules and pigs. And the husband, with as much sarcasm as he could muster, says, Relatives of yours, dear? Yes, in-laws, came the reply. (laughs) In-laws can be foxes in your relationship. And suddenly after church you're saying, How does he know my in-laws? Pressure points at work can be foxes. Pressures in the community, in the neighborhood, can be foxes. Know them, catch them, deal with them. Before they deal with you. And then in the end, discover your common purpose. As you dream together, pray together, plan together, give your lives wholeheartedly to Jesus together. One of the greatest purposes you have, one of the greatest purposes in all our marriages, the Bible says, is to be a sign of a God who loves us beyond measure, to be a sign of a son who came and gave himself freely and willingly to win our hearts. There is a great moment in this book called Song of Songs because the person that this country girl marries was the king. A great moment when the king comes in his chariot, all his outriders, his 60 warriors, everything's gleaming and impressive and spectacular. And he comes to the home of this country girl to take her as his wife. And in taking her as his wife, he rescues her from her life of poverty, brings her into the palace, and she becomes a star in his kingdom. That's what God is like. And that's what he longs to do for each of us. God, despite all his splendor, all his majesty, loves us deeply, passionately, unbelievably. And he longs to come to us to rescue us from our poverty, our disappointments, our fears, our failures, our hurts, our regrets, our insecurities to rescue us from those things and to bring us with him into his palace that we too might be stars in his kingdom. So we as people who know and love Jesus sometimes use these words that were first written about that couple's relationship to talk of the way God has rescued us, that Jesus himself has loved us, the king himself has come to us and he's brought us into his palace, he's brought us to his banqueting And his banner over us, over me, is love. And every marriage has the opportunity to declare to the world that glorious truth about a God who loves us and rescues us and restores us and renews us. And so Barney and Katie, through the security of your love for one another, through the way that you'll give yourselves wholeheartedly to each other, You will remind each of us of a God who loves us safely and securely, of a God who gives himself to us without limit and measure. Your lives will never be the same again. And that's true for each one of us. As we discover the God who comes and rescues us, our lives need never ever be the same again.